Welcome back to another episode of the Unfriended Mind Show, where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. And as you can see today, we got kind of a full studio here. We got our longtime friend of the show, Uncle Hotep, over here. Mentu Hotep is what you, right, what you right, went by. Yeah. Right, correct. But uh, yeah, so basically he's going to tell us today about some of the cult origins of Good Friday, of Easter, etc., etc. We're going to talk about the uh, Notre Dame uh, Cathedral a little bit, and we're also going to talk about Cher and, how, and her sudden change of heart on immigration policy. <laughs> All right. You're listening to the Unframe of Mind Show, the place to have the most mind-stretching, unprotected intellectual intercourse of your life. Your host, Daniel Wagner, battles the forces of evil by lobbing fiery balls of truth, reason, and evidence over safe room walls. All right, all right. And welcome back to another episode, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm, I'm your host, Daniel Wagner. And co-host, Anthony. All right. And as we said just a minute ago, we got our friend Mentu Hotep joining us today to educate us you said you said you got the you got the research you got the the proof and the evidence and everything you got all your materials ready to go i've got the research all right all right so we we got we even got him set up with a nice little whiteboard over here we'll we'll kick it on over there and let him ride on there you know so so i wanted to start off a little bit by talking about share i don't know if you guys saw the tweet that share put out talking about yeah um, i tagged you in that post on, on yeah. facebook yeah did you see this no i didn't so, so share is traditionally kind of a very anti-trump type person right right you know out of out of la you know real real into, real the, liberal. In, into the whole liberal yeah. thing and she decides to post to trump that listen we, we we can't take on all these immigrants into our sanctuary city we, well explain as to why we're, we're not you know trump 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 saying listen why don't we just send them all Send them all to the sanctuary cities, you know. Uh, it's, it's where they want to go anyway, and they're wanting them anyway, right? And the sheriff's like, "Well, we haven't. Even, we can't even take care of our own people. We got all these vets and stuff. Like, we can't take on all these people." Right. And it's like, for once, I agree with you. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Wow. <laughs> it, she, you know, it's a different tone than what she was singing two years ago. You know, when she was talking about, uh, you know, giving these place, you know, giving these immigrants a place to to go and how we should bring them in. Now, all of a sudden. Two years later, three almost three years later, it's a lot different than than what she was. Uh, oh, yeah. What she you know what she was expressing. Yeah, she, said, she says, "I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, Los Angeles, isn't taking care of its own. What about the fifty thousand plus citizens who live on the streets, people who live below poverty line and hungry? If my state can't take care of its own, many are vets. How can it take care of more?" Donald Trump says, "I finally agree." <laughs> James Woods says that Cher awakens to reality. Yeah, it's pretty exciting just to see because because you see you see these uh, on the street interviews all the time where they'll walk up to people and, and say, hey, listen, we've got, you know, this, this immigration issue and whatnot. And uh, people are like, yeah, we should bring bring them on in, let them stay with us. And, and they're like, well, listen, I got this guy right here with me that, that just came in. And he needs a place to stay. Can he stay at your place tonight? And people are like, oh, no, no, we can't. No, can't do that. It's right, like right. it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Well, I think the tone of the conversation changes when you start to realize that the problem is now coming into your neck of the woods and you're you're starting to see what they've been dealing with at the southern border. And, you know, as I mentioned before, it's not that we're being inhumane or not thinking about the immigrants that are coming in. It's you have to deal with the crisis as is. Mm-hmm. And because it's so it's been pertained just to strictly the southern border, we're not seeing it on the outskirts. And I think with, you know, with Trump doing this, it's given people the opportunity to start to see what is actually going on if you bring those people in by the by the truckloads, you know, and that can give you more of an idea of what's really going on. 
it's just one of those situations where sometimes you have to make a legitimate change in order for people to see where you're coming from in the stance in which you are trying to approach this from. And I think that's the idea behind what Trump was trying to do is like, look, you guys aren't paying attention to what's going on at the border. And this is something that we've been dealing with for years. So we're going to start bringing it to your neck of the woods and see what yeah. we've been dealing with and what the border it's patrol almost, agencies have like been if, dealing it's with. It's almost like we hear people talking about how and feel free to jump in whenever you want. Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah, just we'll just keep fine. going. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we won't wait for you to talk. You got to yeah. you got to like start elbowing and throwing in. Um Anyway, it's, it's almost like you're sitting there at work and, and there's people outside going, there's all these unemployed people out here, all these unemployed people. Yeah. We got to give them jobs. It's like, all right, I guess we'll bring them on in. We'll give them jobs. And then when you come in and you start wondering why everybody else's pay is going down to stay competitive, there's too many people in the field now. And all right. the, the same resources that were supporting a few now has to be spread out amongst more. And now, now no, nobody wins. Right. It's like, that's just not sustainable. Like, not in the long haul, especially when you're talking about a world population of seven plus billion people and the vast majority of them are very interested in moving into the United States in one fashion or another. Like we just can't possibly take on that much. Well, and as we've said on the show before, you know, we don't have anything against, you know, immigrants. The the issue that we've always had is the illegal immigrants coming in and not going, you know, about it the proper way. When we had our friend Maya on the show, you know, she lives 11 miles from the border and she was giving us descriptive details of what was actually going on down there and kind of gave us some insight on on what's really going on it's one thing for us to sit here in in tennessee to say something and and not really be involved in what's going on at the southern border so it just it because we've done the uh, the research and the education ourselves, it's given us a different perspective on what's really going on. Yeah, and yeah. it's nice to see that Cher has now a different opinion on the situation. And it's good well, that she's thinking for not, herself, not, you know? No, not really, not really. Unless you think that she's just <laughs> buying for, you know, for no, whatever it's, it is it's, that she's I, wanting. I, honestly, I think it's more of a, well, n- now this is starting to affect my neck of the woods, so now it's time to say something. So you think it's that? I really kind do. Of, okay. I really do. Because she, she's, she's back on the rampage, you know, talking shit about Trump is again. Is she? <laughs> like, no, yeah. she, I'm not <laughs> saying she has to like agree with the guy or like him or nothing right. like that but i mean if it was like a more of a consistent viewpoint that she's had yeah and not just a sudden switch and then back into the other like that doesn't yeah. make sense. it doesn't yeah, no, it doesn't flow sense. with her normal like yeah tweet stream basically is what i'm saying so i guess i'd be surprised but uh, i think it's kind of just par for the course you see people do it all the time oh yeah definitely <laughs> just right back to their normal shit uh so you you guys saw what happened in notre dame cathedral over the last couple of days yeah did you see that Ain't that some shit? Yeah. Yeah, I was who's, looking. What's the cause? Did they ever say Well, that's what I want to talk about tonight is the potential causes because the fire wasn't even out yet and they're already saying, well, it's it's not this and it's not terrorism. It's not like how like that's an investigation that takes months sometimes to put together the pieces and figure out what happened, yeah. you know, and they're sitting there like automatically. Nope, nope, not a terrorist attack, uh, not arson, not nothing like that. It's probably just an accident, freak of nature, just and uh, like the more the more I'm like listening to different viewpoints on this and I'm like I'm hearing a lot of stuff I'm I'm hearing that it was it took place at, at 7 p.m. all right that's right after the place closes for the night for tours and stuff like that right. so this was after the work day like it, it, like the the construction crew wasn't even there anymore like this was this was like tours and shit right after they closed 5 or 6 minutes after it closed this thing goes off and they're sitting there trying to put the fire out and whatnot certain pieces have been saved and then, like I said, before it's out, they're already saying it's not terrorism, it's not this and that. But what they're not also not saying is is they're not pointing to the, the complete cone of silence the media's had about 
desecrations to Catholic churches in the area that have been going on for weeks and weeks. You know, I think they're talking about two per week at least of some kind of desecration, some kind of vandalism, like up and up to and including them taking human feces and smearing them over over the the relics inside the church just wow. to just to send a message. It's 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 got a lot to do with the the whole Muslim immigration thing. They've got a lot of them coming in as well, and it's it's like not reported on. Are, are, are they still fighting the government over there in France? The the workers' unions. You talking about the yellow vest? Right. Yeah, that's been going on for mm-hmm. weeks and weeks. Yeah. And yeah. I, I almost almost honestly, I in in the midst of things, I was reporting on it. I forgot about it. The yellow vest. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I didn't mean to because I was trying to keep up with it. Yeah, because maybe maybe I don't I don't think it had anything to do with them necessarily. Yeah. It, it wouldn't fit their their narrative it just don't i don't know yeah because they were just pissed off about government intervention raising taxes right, and right, constant right, like right, Man- right. Emmanuel macron over there is always you know like they should not have voted him in first of all but mm-hmm. it's it's like what the hell's going on it just seems like it seems it seems awful suspicious that this should happen like this building has been here for over 800 years mm-hmm. you know it was it was brought down for the most part during the french revolution Right. They rebuilt it. It was brought down again during the, uh, uh, World War II by the Nazis. Mm. They rebuilt it again. This place has never been 100% destroyed, right? But as far as catching fire, like they've got candles and, pl- and, and shit in there all the time. You know, this, it's, they, they've got some of the strictest, highest fire safety codes in the world. Mm. This is like arguably one of the places you would make sure that you would have all the documentation, make sure you got everything safe. They have labor unions in there that are working on this stuff, making sure that they've got somebody there for three hours after some welding's done to make sure that there's no, nothing's going to catch. It's like, it just, you're going to tell me that on the holiest week in the Catholic religion. (laughs) Pretty ironic. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. The whole building's going to catch on fire. I I kept posting online. I said, is this Paris is 9-11? Well, it's kind of like with uh, down in Louisiana, you had that kid that the sheriff's uh, son that basically had burnt three black churches to the ground. And this was recently, I think this was a couple of weeks ago. And it was just like, you know, it was all arson. And we're seeing a rash of a lot of these things going on with churches here lately. And, it, and it's just not with Catholic. I mean, it's all demographics, but I'm still leaning towards the fact that this was strictly arson. This was done intentionally out of malice for whatever the reason yeah and you and know the fact that and the media has covered it up so quick like they were so fast well and, and here's Fire the thing was not is even out typically when it comes to these fires it's been racially motivated if you haven't noticed or it's been religion driven it's either it's been one or the other so it, it's very hard to believe that all of a sudden this was an accident and you're talking a week before easter i have a hard time yeah it, it just seems i mean it's easy. just too coincidental in my opinion and I really hope that they find, you know, what really happened with the church. Yeah. I mean, it's sad. It's it's a, hor- you know, historical landmark. My mom's been to the cathedral. So yeah. you really hope that they find out what actually yeah, no, did don't, happen. Don't get me wrong. So. I'm not saying I know what it is. I'm just saying let's look at the facts as they are. Right. And, and let's point out that the media is not exactly the most uh, reliable source most of information. Reliable. Yeah. They, 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 <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you've got you've got Tommy Robinson over there getting in trouble because he's having the audacity to report on the Muslim rape gangs that the media won't cover. Right. Like he's getting yeah. in trouble for for. He got he got arrested for standing outside the courthouse. The courthouse as yeah. they as they after they got their conviction and the, and the Muslim rape gangs the the guys that were being convicted were being walked out of court. He got hauled off for standing out there and, and causing public disturbance and shit. Like they are not reporting on it in the news. This has been going on for years, like a couple decades yeah. now. Wow. Where where the, the police are not wanting to get in there and and do anything. They're, they're not. They, they've got entire what's called no go zones hmm. that are just completely under Sharia law where. 
police will not even go in there. Like if you go in there, police are like, all the best. <laughs> I, yeah, I, we ain't going yeah, in there after yeah, you. We ain't, yeah. ain't going to go you on your own. enforce the laws in there. It right. ain't worth it. They, they'd rather go and arrest people and show up on your door be, for some bad tweet you put out. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they are doing and they're reporting on. It's like, what? Come on, people. Right. Like there's real crime out there. What Everything that seems to be going on here lately is so is so skewed. You yeah, know? but check this out on the on the Daily Beast. Is this article by Will Summers says the Notre, Notre Dame Cathedral fire conspiracy theories flourish after investigators say there's no proof of terrorism, and and it's just it's, it's so ironic, man. I'm telling you, right wing personalities are pushing conspiracy theories about Monday's fire at Notre Dame Cathedral. Really, so it's just right wingers that are pushing this. So the, automatically, you can tell how they're already trying to set this article up. Within minutes of the fire breaking out yesterday, pro-Trump commentators rushed to portray it as a symbol of Western decline. The West has fallen, declared Mike Cernovich. Others were eager to suggest without evidence that Muslims were behind the fire. Again, I've not heard, heard anybody say this was definitely that. They have been suggestions, and that's what you do in these cases. You make your assumptions and then try to figure out if that's... But those assumptions aren't facts. Yeah, that, so. that, doesn't, mean they're, that doesn't mean that's what actually happened or, or anybody even thinks that that's actually what happened. It's just right. a possibility. It's like, who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? I don't know. There's six fucking people living here. Probably one of them. It wasn't me because I'm the one doing, you know, I'm the one looking for the damn cookies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you got you to gotta look at all your possibilities. Hell, you even got to think about people outside the house might have come in and took, you have to lay them all out on the table. And then through a process of elimination, that's just called critical thinking. You yeah. Know? And investigation and, as and, far and as what happened. Get it down to one. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. Anyway, so on Tuesday, French fire investigators said there was no evidence that the fire was caused by arsonists or terrorists. Rather than tamping down the conspiracy theories, though, the French statement has only fueled the idea on the right the terrorists were behind the fire. Instead, they're treating the announcement as proof that the investigators can't be trusted. No, no, no. I don't think that's the case. I think it's the, how about the past history that investigators can't be trusted that, yeah. meet, that shows us that investigators can't be trusted? Oh, my God. This is so funny. Oh, oh, here we go. Pizzagate promoter Jack Probeziak, now a reporter at the pro-Trump One America Cable News Channel, also just suggested without evidence that the fire investigation was a cover-up. <laughs> Fastest arson investigation in history, Probeziak tweeted. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it really was. Like I said, the fire wasn't even out yet, and they were already reporting on this. There's no possible way that's actually how this works. That's just ridiculous. Man. Ryan Milford asked, has Easter been destroyed yet? So, I guess... That's a great segue to move into our main segment of the show. This is this is where you're up, man. I, I was actually curious because you asked me like two or three weeks ago. I, w- I was like, yeah, we can we can definitely do that. I'm, I'll be glad to hear some different perspective that maybe I hadn't heard before, and I'm hoping that's what we'll have today. So, oh yeah, yeah, without a shadow yeah, of a doubt. You say you needed a, a whiteboard. I got you set up with a whiteboard. Okay. Plenty of markers to choose Marker from, to whatever choose. you want. Right, right, right. And uh, I guess we'll just rock and roll. Let's, let's see what you got, man. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. So basically, you came prepared. You got all your notes. Did you bring your Bible? Nobody can hear you. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you you told me to message you about. Don't forget your Bible. While he's getting his notes ready, I had I had uh, done a piece on this quite a while ago about the the origins of the Easter, Christmas, and all the other pagan influences over modern day Christian holidays, and did a probably a ten to twelve minute video on that, just covering the different influences that the pagan and the Christian church had with each other as they were trying to gain control over the state which would incidentally was control over the the uh, actual religion of the state so that's 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 kind of one of the reasons we've got this super important separation of church and state because of shit like this so what you got oh well I, I, okay well let me ask you this do, do you know uh 
how how paganism and, and religion started. How paganism and religion? Or, or yeah, what what they consider pagan and what they consider religion? Because you know, religious people say if you don't follow what they believe or blah blah blah, you pagan. Yeah, and, let, let me see if I got this correct. And uh-huh. as, as much as as I remember, is is basically you had Christians were kind of one group, and pagans were considered all of the other old religions. They were kind of a block of all the other old religions. All, all in one. The, paganism isn't in itself a religion. It's just a, a overarching blanket term for everything except Christianity at the time. Is that that predates the Christ, that predates Christianity? Christianity, right, right, right. right. That, and and that all comes into play with uh, Emperor Constantine from the Roman Empire. Right. Are you familiar with the Council of Nicaea? I I've heard of it. I've read about it. I just don't remember off the top of my head. It's part of my research. Okay, it's just well, been a while. Well, they had a number of because uh, religion and government it goes hand in hand. It's pretty much one and the same thing. And uh, what at, happened, at least at least for a time it was absolutely no. It still is today. Oh, okay, all right. Say the Pledge of Allegiance. Do you <laughs> no, know the no, Pledge I, of Allegiance? I, no, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. back then and up to current day, present day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what you have is you have one group of people, right, trying to control another group of people, a lesser group of people, and, you know, take land, resources, et cetera, et cetera. Religion was a way that they was able to accomplish a lot of their goals. Right. But uh, the first thing I do, like, when I do research is I have to say, ask myself a number of questions, okay? So you have, like, who, what, when, where, how, and all that types of things, right? So I like to look at where first, Right. Okay. And uh, when you look at uh, where things occurred, then you can determine when they happened and how they happened and who caused them to happen. You follow? I follow you. But before you have the Roman Empire, you have the Greeks. And the Greeks pretty much got all their information and all their mythology, their, mm-hmm. their deities from the people in Egypt. Okay, so you have like uh, some of the deities would be like Asara, Set, Heru, and then uh, the Greeks turn them into uh, like a Zeus or something like that. Zeus, you hit the Aphrodite, right? Right, no, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. So they're just like uh, carbon copies of older uh, civilizations, right? Like the new and improved updated version well I, I wouldn't say like new and improved and updated i would just like say well in their mind maybe it was well i would just say pretty much somebody taking somebody's else stuff and putting a spin on it and claiming it as their own yeah uh first i want to talk about like alexander the great mm-hmm. or who they call alexander the great they give him credit for conquering persia and he goes in and conquers egypt and all this type of stuff but when they say alexander they always credit him as being greek right but in actuality, Alexander the Great, he wasn't Greek. Really? He was a Macedonian. Huh. Yeah. And if you look at a map, an ancient map, Macedonia is up north here. Greece is down here. Yeah. Alexander's father's uh, name was uh, King Philip. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they were were basically a bunch of barbarians, okay? And what they used to do is they used to just cause war and come down and conquer other, other groups. Right. And that's what happened to Greeks. And according to history, the Macedonians, they didn't have like reading, writing, mathematics or anything like that. They were kind of like a barbarian type of tribe of people. Okay. Okay. So before they come in and conquer Greece, they don't have reading, writing, arithmetic, anything. But the Greeks have it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So are we following as far as like uh, Macedonians and Greeks? 
uh, so far. So far. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we have two different cultures. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have Macedonians, then we have Greek cultures. Yeah, two different kind of cultures. Right. Okay, you got one that's a warrior culture, and then the other is kind of like a you you call them like maybe like a you know more civilized type of group right. of people. So the Macedonians come down and conquer Greek, and that's when they get written into Greek culture because they like colonize it. You understand what I'm saying? I think so, yeah. So that's where they learn their reading, their writing, keeping records and history and all that type of stuff from. They get it from the Greeks. Okay. You you follow? I'm with you. Okay. Just not sure where we're going yet. All right. So <laughs> well well all right. Well let 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 let's get into each I mean, time. I mean I'm sure the background information is important. I just want to make sure what Okay, we, now we know look. Where we're going. I, I like I like your hat by the way. I just I just noticed your you got your little hat. Oh, yeah. Done oh yeah, 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 thanks. It's pretty nice. All right, thank you. <laughs> Mentu Hotep got your little <laughs> eye raw on there. Okay. You, you make that? No, no, no. Uh, guy in New York. Oh, cool. Right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you got? Okay, so what I'm going to show today is how, like, Easter, how the co-origin, it has nothing to do with a man dying on the cross. It's all astrological, cosmology, all right. science. So I had somebody uh, comment. He, he, he asked, before you get too far, just per, for perspective, what religion or belief do you claim? I don't, I don't claim a right. religion. All right. or, or kind of believe I'm, I, I claim science alright so there you go science it is alright continue okay just want to answer the audience questions oh no too, no 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 it's fine it's fine okay so uh, where was I you were talking about how Easter was uh, co- cosmological okay and astrological and astrological okay right. so alright I'm going so, sorry what, what's the difference between cosmological and astrological I've, I've always just kind of kind of put them in the same bucket well, in my mind. well I mean it's pretty much the same thing it's, okay. it's you know just different terminology for the same thing gotcha. we talk about astrology pretty much right okay just, I just want to make sure I didn't know if it was something like if there was a, a distinguishing difference that maybe I just wasn't aware of or you know oh no we, we dealing with stars and planets stars and planets like alright okay solar cross right and I'm gonna write this down that way everybody can. While he's writing up there, I think the way I understand it is is something to do with uh, Easter. Uh, I do I do know of the pagan origins of it. I hadn't under I haven't really looked into like exactly what the beliefs were and all that. I knew it had something to do with fertility, had to do with that t- certain time exactly. of year. You know, I, I kind of got the general gist of it. I know it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ dying on the cross. That's kind of been co opted, and, and which what you end up having was later on in the in the religions, especially as the church kept, you know, coming under different people's control. Like, you know, if you were a Christian and you're, you're, uh, you were in control of the government, like all of a sudden everybody was doing Christian things or having to be Christian or having to kind of adjust their beliefs a little bit to look more Christian. And then, then the next hundred years, you'd have somebody else in power. Who's one of the old pagan religions. And now all of a sudden Christians are persecuted and even being called atheist at times. Right. Like I thought that when I heard that, I thought that was wild that, that Christians at one point in history were known as atheists as well. I just thought that was pretty, that was pretty interesting, but it's just, it, it's, it's more like I used to think that Christianity was like trying to go around the world and say, here, this is our beliefs. Here you go. This is, it's just like your beliefs, you know, check it out. And people were like, Oh yeah, it's okay. I got you. And then they went along and I was like, wait a minute. This is way, way bloodier than that. This was this was a battle back and forth of people constantly trying to hold on to their their most deeply held traditions and, and beliefs. 
as the as the different things keep going back and forth between the two and it's like bloody it's lots of battles death you know we're talking about locking up christians on mass and burning them and then turning around and having having the christians do it back to the pagans who did it to them in the first place and retaliation and and trying to kind of it was a mess it was like a maelstrom of just just soupy goo of blood and anger (laughs) all mixed up before you end up coming up with what you see now is modern day Easter. Right. Like, yeah. Whoa, hold on now. There's a whole past history of this. All right. So we're going to let's see what you got here. Okay. So we're going to talk about the solar cross first. Okay. All right. Now the solar cross, you have two solstices, right? And you have two equinox. Mm-hmm. Okay. Solstice, you have summer solstice and then you have a winter solstice. Okay. And then you have an equinox, you have a spring equinox and you have a fall equinox. Right. Now, Good Friday is the first day of spring. Right. Okay. Now, well, it's, look, it's supposed to, supposed to be the first day of spring, right? Good Friday. Yeah, it's I know. Always, I know. It's, it's always it's the first day of spring. See, because we've already decided spring's already happened, haven't we? Like well, we're we're not still in winter right now. Well, not not actually till Friday. Friday would be the official first day of spring would be Friday. Oh, is that when that is that how they do it? That's still? how yeah, that's how they yeah, do it. I don't know. I thought I thought according, people, I thought people to said the solar it, calendar. Right. Well, according yeah, it's like right yeah. now we on a we use the Gregorian calendar. Right. So are you familiar with the Gregorian calendar, the Julian calendar? Yep. yep. Okay. So we're going back and this predates. I'm going back pre Gregorian, pre Julian calendar. Yep. Okay. So Good Friday is the first day of spring. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if you look at Easter, Easter always falls on uh, Good Friday. Always falls Easter, or however you want to call it, right? But if you look at birth dates, time of death, like let's take an obituary for an example, right? If somebody is born on a day, that day is blah blah blah. It's going to be on the obituary. Right. When they die on that day, like whatever day a person dies on, it's going to be on the obituary that day. You understand? Jesus. Date of death is different every year. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't. I don't think most Christians think that Easter was the day Jesus died necessarily. I'm not. Well, like they don't think he actually died. But you know, knowing that the day does shift and change, I wouldn't. I mean, you don't think that necessarily, do you? That what's that? Easter every year is the day that Jesus died. No. Yeah. I don't think that's a common. It's almost like a, a remembrance of of him, but you know, as far as the actual death date now, yeah. But that's just my opinion. But oh, okay, well, let yeah, me I, yeah. The... I've never, I've never, I've never met a Christian that actually thought Jesus died on Easter. It, it was more, more of a celebration, symbolic of, celebration, yeah, of, yeah, symbolic yeah. celebration of the day that he died. Okay, well, let me let me ask a question then. All right, why why does the date change every year? Well, it just has to do with probably. I would, oh, you talking about as far as when does Good Friday come and Easter and, and, right. and spring? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I, I know there was a reason for it. But okay. Cause, all right, cause I, because the calendar years always change. Well, the calendar years change, but the actual weekend changes like a lot. You know, it yeah. might be at the end of March or it might be mid mid uh, uh, April, you know. Might be end of April. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it does shift a lot, okay. not just a couple of days. Well, if you if you look up the, the research, if you research... Okay, hold on. Go go to the comment there because it looks like somebody's got a question. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a buddy of mine I work with. He says Easter is for him the Easter is the celebration of the day Jesus rose from the dead and Good Friday is when he died. Now, I don't know if he actually thinks Jesus died on Good Friday or if it's just a celebration of the day Jesus died. I'm I'm going to guess based on this comment, he thinks it's the cel- celebration of Yeah. Okay, well that's what he's saying. He, he's saying Good Friday is when he died. 
So then my question would be, how, how does he die on a different day every year? Well, I think that's what we were trying to explain is, is the fact that it's a, it's a celebration of, I wouldn't say celebration, but, you know, just of when he died. It, I guess basically it's not that, that specific day, although it should be, but I think it's the weekend as, as far as the way they celebrate it. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so um, rather than, you know, that same day being every year, which it ought to be, you know, just it's to, one of the situations where that's the time. They just celebrate. so we can get a clear understanding of this. It says here Easter falls on the first Sunday after the full moon date based on mathematical calculations right. that fall on or after March 20. So astrological, like you said. Right. All right. If the full moon is on a Sunday, Easter is celebrated on the following Sunday. Although Easter is liturgically related to the beginning of spring in the northern hemisphere, which is the March equinox and the full moon, its date is not based on the actual astronomical date of either event. I, I really never did quite look into when they fall. So the dates of many Christian feasts are based on the date of Easter Sunday. So Ash Wednesday is 46 days before Easter. Palm Sunday is one week before Easter. Maudie Thursday is three days before Easter. Good Friday, two days before Easter. Boy, that's... Well, here, let me let me explain it this way. <laughs> yeah. So if my Let's... birthday falls on a Tuesday, which it did this past year, yeah. okay, I don't do anything for my birthday. But then yet, come the weekend... We said we go out and celebrate. Yeah. Although it's not necessarily the day that I was born, it's just the weekend in which we decided to celebrate. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So that's, I think that's kind of the same correlation as it goes with Good Friday and, you know, of course with Easter. Although it doesn't fall on the exact same day every year, that's just, it just so happens to be the weekend in which it's celebrated. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I guess I just, I just, the reason I'm hanging on this point is I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily insult the intelligence of Christians because a lot of them are pretty, pretty smart dudes. I'm not saying you were insulting them, but I'm saying that I, do, I really have, I, like, I've, literally never met anybody that thinks Jesus, you know, died on this day and rose on this day and completely oblivious to the fact that that date shifts every year. It's well, like it's kind of like with his, you know, apparent birth date is Christmas day that always, you know, remains the same. Yeah. You know, I think as far as his death is concerned, I think it kind of falls with the, the parameters of like when we celebrate a birthday, like I gave the example, you know, if my birthday's on a Tuesday, I'll celebrate it that weekend only because it makes more sense. Do you follow? I think so. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of where I was going at with that perspective, right. Do, you know, as far as why don't we celebrate the actual day itself? I mean, I, that would be a question to ask, I guess, a preacher, All right. All <laughs> you right. know, so, All right. so we, we, we can keep moving on. I think, I think we've beat that dead horse yeah. twice. Third time, if need be. Yeah, we'll beat it again. Came prepared with the research. We gotta get you a computer, and that's seat. what I like is the fact that he does that. He does yeah, his research yeah. we, and takes the time. We need to get you a computer so you can type your notes up. Maybe a printer. What do you think? He's old school, man. Yeah, I like that. I, I take all my notes by hand. Yeah, and then and then and then they end up on the computer, written in written <laughs> nice organized format. Right. <sighs> okay. We talk about uh, Jesus' birthday just a moment ago about being on the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every year, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm gonna show how that's astrological to okay uh the winter winter solstice is the shortest day of the year right and what that is it's like for three days yeah i think it's beginning on december 21st yeah it's usually usually around 21st 22nd something like that stagnant in the sky for three days right okay so on the third day the sun it actually starts to make a shift which is coming back to going back to longer days so that's why you have like uh, the birth of Christ being on the 25th of December every year because it's it's all astrological. There there is like no dates 
in the Bible. That's another thing. <laughs> no, I no, like there, to no, do. no, no dates. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's kind of like uh, how can I say? Uh, you have uh, Constantine, the emperor, and he's uh, what he was trying to do was Christianize his territories with the, you know they had right. conquered and everything so what he did was he took from the ancient people made it holidays and you know christianized and what they were doing and he just christianized them that's why they yeah did you did you um say a lot of people think that constantine was a christian as well and i don't think he i don't if i remember if i'm remembering this correctly i don't think he was i think his his mother was actually a pagan by those day standards and he was actually raised as a pagan and he ended up taking on Christian beliefs as more of a political move and it actually helped him rise in ranks in power and he ended up using that power to then start introducing some of his old beliefs into the Christian religion. Yeah, yeah, you, you're pretty much uh, on, the, on, the, on the, hit the nail on the head with that. So the goal was, um, you were saying that we're, we're trying we're, you're, the goal was to try to destroy this idea between behind Easter behind, no no no, no. Not, I mean it's not, not it's not it, it's not destroy it not destroy it but, but what's the word I'm looking for here discredit it maybe well no not coming from more of a scientific standpoint not, yeah not not discredit but you know a lot the of correlations people, they have uh, traditions what they follow and they don't understand why they do them things right, you right. know what I mean so yeah. pretty much yeah it's like a herd of sheep following somebody, just not knowing where you're going because you don't know how the facts or you don't, you've never been educated to know where you're going. Yeah. You're just trusting in what somebody has told you to take you to that point. Yeah, it, it is, it is amazing how many people I talk to uh, who are Christians that believe that Christmas was, you know, the whole backstory behind Christmas as far as, you know, Jesus being born and that whole thing. And then Easter's when he was uh, killed and rose three days later you know, and they think that that's the, the whole story, but nobody actually looks back at the history of like, why, why do, why do we hunt for Easter eggs? Like, why is there an Easter bunny? What is, what is up with that? Where does that even come from? Do you know where those come from? Yeah. Uh, Easter eggs and the Easter bunny that comes from, uh, old, um, I want to say Mesopotamian, uh, goddess, uh, Ishtar mm-hmm. and, uh, Ishtar, she was a goddess of fertility. And her symbols uh, were like uh, the bunny, because the bunny is looked at as a fertility animal. Right. So that's where you get the bunny and the eggs. Yeah, breeding like rabbits. And, yeah, it's and, all fertility and, symbols. And things that was, like that. Right. That was the time of year when everybody was getting their freak on and, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> it was the best time. It was yeah. like yeah. yeah, and it was almost much. like it was almost like a blessing uh, to to try to try to get fertile. You know, we wanted to make sure we had babies before the winter came in and. So I, I thought that was pretty pretty interesting as well. Uh, oh, hold on, this we got we got. Hey, Ryan is all up in the comments today. Yeah, he said it's a celebratory day. Obviously, it's not the actual date since it's different every year. It's the same way as Thanksgiving. I think I think it was when we were trying to talk about what the goal of today was to try to. Oh no 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 no! Not no. destroy or discredit, but just basically right, right. just, just educate, bring science into ed- educate this. on what the past history was. Right, basically. Like that, yeah. So yeah. what what was the what was the Bible for? You said you well, needed your, well, or is that a separate uh, thing we'll get to later? Well, the, well, here's the thing. Like, uh, what people have to understand too is like uh, when we're dealing with like uh, religion and just ancient culture in general. Right. Uh, before there was uh, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, and things like that. Right. People studied nature. You see what I mean? Right. And what yeah, they I mean, done yeah, was... Yeah, they actually studied what they what they could see and 
their observations right. of their surroundings. Yeah. And how, how the natural environment worked. And when they done that, that's where like mythology comes from. Yeah. Because what they did was anthropomorphize like different aspects of nature, mm-hmm. different planets, different stars and things like that. Because it's easier like when you can uh, teach somebody young, like if you give a star a human characteristic, so it's like making it an actual person. It's like a, yeah, make an allegory out of out of right, pretty right. much, and, and that and that's pretty much the basis on. on where, where that so let me let from. me ask you that because this is something I was just thinking about recently, and I'm still trying mm-hmm. to play with the ideas. Like, uh, I, I got I got this sense as I'm as I'm listening to say. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson, he's got these uh, biblical lectures where he looks at it from a real rational standpoint. He doesn't ever, he doesn't ever say whether or not he believes in God or not, but he just looks at the rational arguments behind the stories in the Bible. Like, what are these stories trying to tell us? What are the uh, meta truths, so to speak, that the the stories are trying to tell us? And I was sitting there thinking, man, if God is just the highest ideal of something, like maybe maybe your God is truth, love, virtue, or whatever. And in your mind, God is the highest example of that. And then Jesus is like the meta hero in all these stories. It's like, you know, the, the, the things that make up a hero in all these other stories all combined into one. And now you got this mega meta hero that's mm-hmm. like the end all be all of all heroes. And then everything's embodied in this one guy. He's the he's the perfect example of all these other things. doesn't mean it actually exists. It's more of an anthropomorphization of that. Right. But what I was going to ask you is, I was, I was sitting here thinking, man, the way they they anthropomorphize the different different gods in Greek culture, for example, mm-hmm. and Roman culture, where you got the god of god of thunder, the god of love, the god of war, the god of mm-hmm. every little thing out there. <laughs> it's like I almost wonder if it wasn't necessarily if if maybe they didn't believe there was actual people beings out there, but maybe at, at some point it was just that. Maybe it was just a, a story that was told to help deliver an idea to the children or to other people who right. you know it's to give people hope gives people something to cling on to and this is something that when i was growing up you know i wasn't really involved with the church or even you know the bible or god himself mm-hmm. i always thought that the bible was one of those storytelling books that have been passed down from generation to generation and as it been passed down the stories had been misconstrued or they've been over exaggerated. And I often wondered that if God wasn't the symbol for somebody to fall back onto during a crisis or, you know, things that go on personally in your life to give you some sort of hope, because that's the one thing as human nature, we all want something to cling on to, to, to make us feel better. Okay. Something to strive toward. Well, to strive towards to be a better person. Yeah. And I think that was the idea. And and for as a Christian human being, for me to say that is, you know. A little blasphemous? Yeah, it is. But that, I, I, I just, I've always wondered that, though. If it was but just, I, I, there was I just, a time where those gods weren't actual gods. They were just an, the highest ideal of this. They were, they were praised as gods of, of this message because of who they were. Yeah, like this message that we're trying to get across to people embodied in this story, embodied in this character that we've created to right. represent this idea. Like the idea of war is actually like, you know, they, they start telling it as a story where it's like this person is doing these things and causing, you know, and after a while people start actually kind of believing that it's a, yeah, well that's, that's how they start a, out. They start out a as deity alleg- uh, allegorical stories. Right. And that's, at some point in time, people just start taking those stories literally. Right. And I don't think that they were never meant to be literal. I, I, I don't I don't see any reason why they would be, honestly. I mean, just just based on just the fantastical nature of the stories. I mean, 
like anybody in their right mind would look at say the Bible, I would think and say, well, those stories don't really make logical sense in the absence of say some, you know, supreme miracle or some supreme interference by a supreme being, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the only way that would have even possible. Like never in the history of the entire world has somebody died for three days and came back to life. Like exactly. that's just never happened. Right. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, Again, this is something I've often felt and believe that, when, you know, it's like being a storyteller. You know, if I wrote a book 500 years ago, I guarantee you 500 years later, somebody's going to come along and add over time their thoughts, their opinions on the accounts in which they thought had happened. Yeah. So by the time you get to that 500 years, everything that was once originally written is no longer the same as what it is now because you've had so many fingers in that cookie well, jar right. writing what well, they want, well, well, you know? Well let, well, let me interject on that because yeah. like a lot of people, they take the Bible for face value for what it is and it's supposed to be the word of God. Right. So then my question would become, how do you change over time the word of God? How do, how do you get better than God and change his word? Well, I think it's the story wrapped around God himself leading up to events. I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, New Testament, or even other books of the Bible, things are worded differently. Mm-hmm. There, you know, it, it may not be directly what was said or what was done, but it is, in a sense, written differently. I was just trying to explain the fact that this could be taken in this sense as, you know, if you're going to approach this from science, I'm going to approach this from, you know, being a storyteller. I I want to write a book that would inspire people to do good things. I want to write a book that would inspire people to behave differently in a reasonable manner and and have something to, to strive to be better at. If I wrote a book like that, you know, and people read it, hopefully that would give them the ability to want to do something good in life and not be such a horrible creature because we all have the distinction of, of being evil people, but we also have the capabilities of being something good. So if we have that book to fall back on, it's going to exude more of the good than it is the bad. Does, does that make sense? Well, I'll say this. I, I say it sounds good, but mm-hmm. if you look at the condition of the way the world is today, right? I think it was a failure. Yeah, well, because I would have to agree with you on just, that. As we just seen, you know, religious attacks, Christians versus Muslims versus yeah. Jews versus this versus that. Right. And a lot of people have died, humanity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under the banner of these different religions and these ideologies. But at the same time, on the, the flip side of this, there are still good people in the world. There are still good people doing good things. Right, and, right. You know, unfortunately, catastrophic events like the cathedral, you know, is is very unfortunate. You know, and I hate the fact that it happened. Well, it, it's been more catastrophic. Events right, 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 than that. right, right, right. So, but that that is all a mindset of where you want to see things for what they are. You know, how much good is actually going on in the world? How much good do, do we actually possess to alter mankind's way of thinking, or is it because evil is such a, a such an emotional killer that it takes away from the good that we want to see positive in the world? Because I like to think that it is. You know, evil has such this grapple on our hearts that it has a hard time allowing good things to come in. It does, you know, because for whatever reason, it's like when you get in, you know, into an argument with your spouse, you remember all the bad things you've done to one another, but you can't point out the good things that you've done. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a lot of the problems that we see today is that we remember those things. That, that's an interesting comment he just made because I just said that to somebody not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Whenever you get into an argument with somebody, mm-hmm. you, the bad, just the bad yeah. comes out. Yeah. And nobody say, hey, well, let's look at this here, the good times. There's actually re- like there actually is a, a biological reason for that. You all know what that is? Go ahead. Educate us. Well, <laughs> 
I mean, think about think about this when you when you're out in the jungles and you're trying to get away from these jungle cats out in the woods or alligators or whatever whatever the hell's out there that want to eat you. Right. Like you do pretty well to make sure that you are very well tuned to notice the negative influences in your world. Like you better make sure you know what something bad is going to happen to you or you're going to you know you want to make sure you know that there's like a developmental thing that you it's a survival mechanism. Right. Whereas when everything's all calm and good and you know there's nothing like there's no there's no survival need in that in remembering when things are just fine when things are just going okay but you would think that would be a survival tool because you know what makes things good well what i'm saying is like you want to make sure you got to be able to react fast when shit happens when shit go down right you know you want to be able to you know recall oh shit and that's a cat i i know what that is i know what that bad thing in my world is (laughs) you need to recall that like it's it's a memory thing that's been developed over a millennia it's just another possible way of looking at it but no I, i like i said i was just simply you know i'm approaching this as a christian I, I tend to lean more towards the middle of this whole idea of a God. I, I do believe that there is one. Now, when you approach it from a scientific standpoint, I'm going to listen. I want to hear a different perspective. Yeah. And I think that's the only way I can truly educate myself into drawing my own conclusions without being told what is real and what's not. It's a part of free thinking. And I think that's what a lot of Christians, and it doesn't matter what religion it is. I don't think you you get your hardcore Christians that are so dead set and it's X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, well, what if it's not? But the first time you make your case or, or you try to present something different, they scorn you for it. And, and to me, that's not that's not a good way to open a dialogue when it comes to religion. It's it's let's talk about it. And unfortunately, that's just the kind of the way the world is. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's if it's Catholic, if it's Baptist or or who, the Muslim, whatever. You have those hardcore groups that will tell you, no, no, it's this, it's this. Yeah, the fun, and, the and fundamentalists. Then, right. Zealots. Yeah. Right. And, and and I'm not, I'm not so, I'm not against it. And I understand where they're coming from, but I just want people to open their eyes and open their thought process and knowing that there can be different ways people approach this right. and why there are different beliefs and why we think, you know, the way we do and very individually. So, right. well, 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 let me add just, in, yeah. in my opinion, mm-hmm. just from being a researcher and studying in history and science and everything, right? The Bible, I'll say the Bible, the Quran, any of those religious texts, they're really not that old. Right. They're not as ancient as people think they are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the Bible, nobody in the Bible walked around with a Bible. No. You see what I'm saying? The yeah, Bible right. really didn't come into print till uh, about 500 years afterwards Gutenberg well no actually way later than that because the bible didn't come into existence actually until the printing press and that's Gutenberg can you imagine um like that's like what twice as old as the U.S. over more than twice as old was the U.S. has even been a country can you imagine taking a story from twice as long ago as the U.S. has even been a country and trying to print it up on on a book right right and get it correct yeah well th- i remember what i was gonna say earlier was about stories about we're just drawn to stories everybody loves a good right. story exactly. oh yeah yeah all this stuff like when we're talking about the old pagan religions and christianity that was all oral spoken tradition like none of this was like written down like some of it was but it was it was held into the, in the hands of a, a select few right. like the average person was just all oral tradition that was receiving these things through a story format mm-hmm. and i'm sitting here thinking that like what better way to get a point across or a message across or some kind of a, a, a teaching that you're trying to, you know, some kind of a, a principle that you're trying to deliver then through a story format. 
versus trying to memorize a technical document and then tell somebody, hey man, listen here, you should be good because this technical point and this technical point and this technical point with no no narrative structure whatsoever, just point by point list. Who's going to remember that? Who's going to even be engaged right. in that and want right. to listen to that right. and, and take in, into their heart and soul the messages that's actually like the, the core message within that? So mm-hmm. it just makes a lot more sense that stories would have been told in this format where you because have, they grab your attention. Yeah, it makes right. it's all, almost, it's like a it's like the hero's journey that you see through so many movies, like Lord of the Rings. Is this this hero's journey that goes all the way through it, and you kind of pick up a lot of good moral lessons and stuff through that. And if right. that was if that was your religion, it would be very easy to to say, okay, well, this is what this person's example of what means to be good. This is what he did here. This is and when he went to that place, he did that, and then you'd remember that and tell your kids, and that would be a much easier and digestible chunk of information to deliver to the next generation when where you don't have a written text to do that. But right. I think as people as as we've you know have aged and that we've grown over time in civilization, we're currently seeing a trend where we want to see facts presented to us when it comes to the media, right? So we're now in this place where we're starting to doubt a lot of you know a lot of religions because it's very difficult to state those facts. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of scrutiny on the churches and even different religions is because now all of a sudden we as people have become so fact-based. If you can't provide the facts, then your, your story doesn't really hold too, too accountable. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing such a decline as far as people say back in the 40s and 50s that actually believed in the Bible and studied it and, and wanted to live by the word of God because they actually did that. They treated each, you know, each other better. I mean, to be honest with you, today, I don't think we treat people good. I, I really don't. I think we treat people worse than we've ever have, at least from my experience in the 38 years I've been in you know, existence on this earth. Do I believe that good still exists? Absolutely. But I think it's harder to pull that out of people now than, say, it was 50, 60 years ago. And there's so much tied into that. But like I said, I think part of the reason as is, is to why religion is, is getting the beat down that it is is because we're so fact-based individuals now because of everything that we're, we're seeing that's going on. Yeah. We want legitimate it's like, it's facts. Like, it's, it's like atheists came along and destroyed religion and then left nothing. I, I like, I like uh, uh, this example I heard a while ago. It's like the atheists came and destroyed the church and burned it down in, on a rainy day and all the Christians had nowhere to go. They're outside in the rain going, okay, now, now what? <laughs> like, like I think it's on the atheist also as a, as a collectively to give another example of some ways to, to be good in the universe. So, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. No, it does. It's, I mean, like, I follow where you're it's going. Like you're, it's that, like yeah. throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like people have grabbed onto these religions, been raised in these religions. They have a good moral framework to work with. It just works. I mean, people can just generally live by it and it seems to work pretty well. It's not, hundred percent scientifically factual but when you take all that away and you try to dismantle all that without giving somebody something else to live for you you end up seeing this trend toward nihilism and people just going oh there's no meaning in life might as well kill myself you know talk about you know there's too many people on the earth and we should all just stop having babies and then you know the world would be better without people on it you know you get that kind of attitude well it's kind of like when you hear people talk about being christians and the ones that aren't that are they're just lost souls well, yeah, they're lost because they don't have a book to cling on to when they go through difficult times, whether it's finances, relationship, well, or things of that nature. He's saying a book to cling on to. When, when you come into existence, mm-hmm. right, you don't come into existence with a book to mm-hmm. cling on to. Right. You get that book from... From somebody telling you what some, you should somebody, believe in, and here's hope it, it, for, it, it, for exactly. as, you, as you get older. Yeah, yes. see, when we come into existence, right, just say like a apple tree 
for mm-hmm. example, right? When apple tree comes into existence, nobody has to tell that apple tree that it's an apple tree. Right. It comes pre-coded. Right. It knows what it is and mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do once it get here. You don't mm-hmm. have to give it a book. Right. So why, so why do we need books? Well, it, it's to teach us to, to be better people. I would think that's what the Bible is, is scripted for, is to teach us how to behave in, in a very, I wouldn't say normal manner, but in a way that's very good you know I don't, I don't, but there's nothing wrong with the bible here i think it's it's a, it's a positive way to show us that if we live the life that that it's asking us to lead we can be better towards fellow man we can be better for us for our children for our spouses things of that nature and i think that's one of the reasons why that book is so important to people um go ahead, go ahead. would you think it's more important to learn that from your family than from a book I think it is. I think the family structure is the base for everything. Oh, you most just most people about. Learn, right. most people don't even crack open the book. <laughs> like right, most right. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. The Bible. Okay, so, so if you want to take that a step further, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tread down this road, mm-hmm. but the your behaviors as a child and the way that you're raised, whether it's to be honest, to tell the truth, whether right. you see racism or not, all that stems from your upbringing of your family, the, the, the teachings of what your parents have yeah. taught you, what is okay and what's not okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so the modeling of behavior and things like that. Right. That see, the the yeah. book isn't introduced until obviously you get older in life. We all know this. Yeah. So I think it's very important for the parents to take some accountability and responsibility in the actions of way you know children speak to one another or even to adults i think originally at first if you got a christian parent and you're setting those models and examples to those children you would hope that they would raise children to be good to be honest to be you know forthcoming if they've done something wrong and and things of that nature now if you have a set of parents that weren't raised on those values I'll go off, do whatever you want to do. And they're, you know, doing drugs in front of their children. And they think that it's okay and be promiscuous. And next thing you know it, you got a teenager that's out sleeping and running around and doing those things. It's the examples of the parents that are being set forth. That book, if it's designed the way that I think that it is, it's to give those parents the avenue and the teachings to be able to pass along to their children to be better people growing up. I, I really hope that makes sense. But at the same time, too, you have to have your own personal thought process on what the Bible is. As you get older and you understand the differences between good and evil, you have to ask yourself, is this book going to lead me in the direction in which I want it to go? And if it is, open it up, read it for yourself. If not, then explore your other options. I mean, see what other religions are out there. Study science. You know, that's that's what we're talking about is think for yourself. So, I mean, as, as far as going back to what we originally were talking about as far as the book and clinging on to and things of that nature, I think it's generational. I think that it, it depends on the parents and how you want to pass along the knowledge of what you've been shown. Whether the Bible is truth or not, I don't think nobody really knows. Therefore, with that being said, you're really kind of depending on the parent to pass along those those ideal okay, faiths. Cause, cause, see, so now my next question would be, before the Bible, mm-hmm. what was the tool to, to teach children how to be honest and blah, blah, blah? That just comes from the parents, just from knowing from life lessons. See, so you, you really don't need a Bible for that. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. That's what I was trying to explain is you don't need a Bible right. to know the difference between good and, you know, good and evil. That is something that I think I think in our instincts, we automatically know, okay, well, if little Johnny goes off and he goes and plays, you know, 40 feet up in a tree, that's not going to end well because there's always that possibility that he could fall, you know, but if we step back as parents and say, no, Johnny, if you go up that tree, 
X, Y, and Z could happen. I don't want you to get hurt or the possibilities of you getting hurt. You know, so we as we as parents are responsible up to a certain point. Yeah, I don't know that that's a good example of good and evil necessarily. Right. Well, well, more, no, more not example. good and evil. I'm, I'm just be more see, like if we're talking about the teachings I, of parents right. towards their children. So where, where are you where are you go? I'm I'm, I'm kind of confused honestly. Well, what your well, argument well, is? Where you're heading well, with that? No, no, it's it's not an argument. I'm just saying like uh, what he's speaking of good and evil, right? Yeah. Just from my perspective. No, when I say argument, I'm not talking about you're fighting with. Oh, just, okay. You know, just, right, right, right. Just basically making making a logical right. argument. Okay. Right. Well, Debating. good and evil. Just from my point of view, my mm-hmm. it, it's a matter of perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there, there is no good. Yeah, actually, no. So what do you, what do you well, mean by that? Well, what I'm saying is like good and evil is pretty much it's opinionated on, on what you perceive it to be, because a lot of people do quote unquote good things. Or they think they're doing good things, but in somebody else's mindset, it might be the most dastardly thing they're doing in existence. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So really, just from my perspective, there's no good and evil. It's just how you look at things. Almost kind of right and wrong, so to speak. What would be considered right versus wrong? Right, right. Okay. Because when you look at life in general, right, it's all about like survival. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you watch nature, You'll see animals, right? Some animals, predators, prey animals. Predator animals make a kill. And different group of animals could come in and they take that kill from whoever made the kill. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So is it wrong for just say lions hyenas, for example? See see, I, I don't I don't think you can look at animals as uh, on the realm of good and evil necessarily, because I, I think uh, they're not Man, that's that's a difficult one because yeah, I don't think yeah, they have the capacity kind of, to yeah, teach. Yeah, they're like kind of doing can. what they're kind of pre-programmed to do. Like, right. They just do what they do. They're kind of almost like right, but, well, evolved well, to be this way. This is who they are. That's in their nature. It's what they do. Right. Well, but we have the ability to compare uh, different outcomes and and look at and look to the future and say, okay, well, if I go down this path and do this, then this might happen. If I go down this path, this might happen. You know, we have the ability to compare and contrast different different uh, uh actions that we might take and then decide whether or not that's considered good or evil in that that aspect i, I like the uh, universally preferable behavior uh, as, a, as a general have you ever heard of this the concept of universally preferable behavior and, yeah and basically it's just like if we can universalize it and make it something that we can all agree okay yeah i think we all agree that nobody wants to be raped you can't want to be raped it's not the, you know you know what i'm saying it's universally agreeable that's a, a bad thing agreed upon that raping is probably a bad thing we probably shouldn't do that i mean you're never going to look at a rape situation and say that 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 person did good like I don't think, it, regardless of your perspective, you're gonna look at me murdering Anthony here as you okay. Know, well, from from the okay. Well, let's look from the mind of a rapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. Oh yeah, he knows he's doing wrong. You think? Because that that then person why, he's raping very much doesn't want him to rape. No. Okay. Well, and he I, knows this or she. Let's be fair. Well, I mean, at that <laughs> point, you have to understand the capabilities of what the what the word no means. You know, if, if you're if you're being a rapist and you're raping someone and they're telling you no, stop, you as an adult are automatically know what that word no and stop means. It means stop what you're doing. To not understand that, I have a hard time believing that a rapist wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, I, I just can't I just can't put myself in a frame of mind to suggest you now whether he knows he's doing right or not, that's different, but to actually say that he's doing good. Like you can't you can't if you've if you've got a philosophy that says this rapist as he rapes is doing good 
you've done something wrong. You need to go back and try again well, on your philosophies they, if you've come up to that they, conclusion they, somehow. Well, you know what I'm saying? Even evil people, they do evil things or what most people will consider to be evil things. Yeah, but do they think they're doing good? In their mind, I think well, they Well, Muslim do. people I, I thought they know. did a good thing when they crashed the, the planes into the World Trade Center. I let, mean, yeah. they let, thought that they right, were doing exactly. a justice to their God, let, which is Allah. Let's take so, Adolf Hitler, for example. You know, he committed genocide on people in Nazi Germany. He thought that was good in his mind. Yeah. You see what I'm Those saying? Those are just sick That's, individuals. <laughs> clearly. But we understand really. the difference between good and evil. It's what I'm saying is we understand that it's it's a bad thing to kill people, innocent people that have done nothing to you. Yep. Let, you me, know. let me hit up the comments section here. Ryan's been saying a few more things here. He said, uh, "I like this one here." He says, "I don't know if too many. I don't know if too many incidents where Christianity has gotten people killed. Some people in history have used Christianity to manipulate people into doing bad things, but I don't think uh, Christianity itself should be blamed for an individual's bad intentions." What do you think about that? Can you think of any examples in history where Christianity has gotten people killed? Uh, the Crusades. Yeah, that's the first thing come to mind. The first thing comes to mind when I hear the Crusades was because that that seems to be a pretty common misconception about what that was about. Okay, and that had a lot to do with self defense in light of Muslim rule. <laughs> like there there was a constant invasion of Muslims coming in. This is the same exact thing we're seeing in Western European countries right now, right? Where Muslims are slowly coming in, taking over the country. The the, the ideology is taking over. Sharia law is taking over. But that's, they're outbreeding the population. But that's coming from yeah, and the, the Crusades, opposition's right. Perspective. Well, they were they were down. They're down to like one or two countries, <laughs> and they finally said, "All right, all right, enough is enough." And they and and then right. now for throughout the rest of human history, they've now been held up as the evil guys, the bad guys all the time. We're, we're, nobody wants to mention what happened centuries before that, this slow but steady infiltration and takeover from another culture, another religion. Ryan says, maybe maybe if an apple tree could read a book, it could produce apples more effectively. Right. That's, that's probably true. Well, yeah. So that, well, yeah, you need like a technical document for tree. Like, apple falls from the tree, you hand it a document, it says... Oh, yeah. Well, that definitely changes the plans I did have. (laughs) All right. Well, before we wrap up here. All right. Like I said, the Crusades were led by someone using Christianity to manipulate people. Man, at at some point, uh, I look at some point. Well, you can say the same thing I, I, about yeah, Islam, yeah, you too. can say that about every, everything. Yeah, like, yeah, every Every religion, every kind of person that does bad things, you can say, oh, well, that's not really. They say uh, communism, we've never really got it to work right. And you look back in history and you're like, well, there's many, many examples of communism killing multiple millions of people through hunger and a number of other violent acts. And then people will say, oh, well, that's not real communism. I think that sounds a lot the same here. Oh, well, that's not real Christianity. Well, yeah, it actually was real Christianity. It actually was Christians banding up together under the name of their God to go in and take out in their eyes the bad guy. I don't think that was being used to manipulate people at all. I think that was actually an example. There's there's been plenty of examples of religious wars throughout time <sighs> or resource wars. I always thought it was interesting when they had big wars over resources like salt back before they had refrigeration. Salt, yeah. salt was a hot commodity. People would fight over yep. that. Yep. Like, wow, I'm glad we're past that. Now it's oil. I'm glad we're past that. All right, so to wrap up this evening here, we're going to wrap it up with our favorite section of the show. Do, is do, do you know what our favorite section of the show? Have you seen our show lately? I haven't seen it lately. But. All right, so we got a new segment. It's called the Phobismist. Okay. All right, it's it's a combination of the word phobism and ist. Okay. And all it is is it's, it's, it's us educating the, the fine folks out there 
how they should be offended over everything. And we take these mundane <laughs> objects, these mundane things that you wouldn't think would be offensive, All right. and we tell people how they should be offended. Okay. All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you hop in on this one here. I'm going I'm to show it here in just a minute. I'm going to roll the intro. And on today's episode of The Phobismist, we're going to talk about urinals and why urinals are super offensive. You want to you take this one? Why do you think? <laughs> I got a feeling this is going to be a good one. Why urinals? Urinals are like, I, I, want, I want you, you know, I want people to be so convinced that urinals are offensive that next time they go use one, if they use them. Well, They're going to look at that and say, I can't even, I can't even. So you got to come up with something that's like, like what? Right um, now, off the top of my head, right? The only thing I could think of a urinal being uh, offensive to would be a transgender male. Oh, yeah. 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 I hadn't thought about yeah. that. That's the thing. So they haven't quite got the equipment down there. They want to be like the guys, but they can't. They go in the room and they're well, like, I got to use this little sit down potty over oh, here. Oh, yeah. Guys. They go to the women's restroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, it makes ha- it, really, it, makes it ha- really difficult. Okay, yeah, okay. Right. So that's 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 an, that's an outrage. I'm a little offended because if you ever notice that all urinals are white, why can't they be black? They are. Why can't all they be white. brown? No shit. I'll talk about white privilege, dude. Holy shit, man! You're blowing my mind right now. I mean, seriously, think Holy about shit. that. I I have never seen a brown urinal. I have never seen a black urinal. They've always they've always yeah, been white. No yellow ones. <laughs> hey, hey! The little soap thing in the in the bottom of it, the little refresher. That's always pink. I've seen blue ones. Oh I've yeah, seen ones. I've seen right, the blue right, ones. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's the wrong angle. But what about but, yeah, what about for urinals. people that are like vertically challenged? You got some people like yourself that are short, or some people like oh, me no, that are they, tall. Oh no, that, that's that's been handled. They got the short ones. They got the ones all the way at the floor. But where, there's only one of them. No, well, usually, but that, you know, sometimes I've gotten I've gone into ones where it's all the way on the floor, and I'm low enough to the floor. But when I pee in there, it's sprinkling all over my damn shins. Oh well. <laughs> And I'm short enough that I'm getting it on my hands. I mean, thank goodness for hand sanitizer, right? No, I was I was sitting there thinking that hand uh, this, this was offensive to women because women couldn't stand up to pee. So to put them in the men's restroom only, it's very sexist. Like, this, well, yeah, this should be something that either no men get or women get also. Like, this should be a universal thing in all restrooms. We don't want to have to have separate restrooms. So okay, so then how like, do you how like, do you propose already, that they're going to use that in no, a women's no, bathroom? Check, check it out. We've already been through this. We've already had separate restrooms for blacks and whites. Okay, why do we have separate restrooms for men and women? Well, I that have is a, totally. I mean, I, if, I have a twelve year old daughter. I like he, to beg differently. He, hear, hear me out. Because if, if some dude's if coming separate, in there yeah. using the bathroom and I'm not in there, we're gonna have problems. Look, yeah. Se- like, yeah, and that sounds just like a racist back back in the day trying to I don't give a shit what it sounds like. That, that, <laughs> If it's if it's racist to have separate blacks and white restrooms, then it's sexist to have separate men and women's restrooms. Hands down, I'm sorry. Uh uh-uh, uh. Well, I win. How do you have hands down? No, I win. No, I, that's I, not I, possible. I use sexism. I, I have to take it. <laughs> I do too. No, <laughs> I do too. But we're all pretending. Remember, we're pretending to be outraged over this. All right, so check it out. This is, see some men. Some men know how to do it right. Like oh, hell. when they stand up to pee, they stand up. <laughs> That's a good one. Like, I, I, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. You know, you know I, at least you don't have to worry about seeing the sides of each other's penises either. You know why so. this is a, a big thing? Um, there, I seen a sign. It was a meme that was showing all the different because it was like in a in an Asian uh, yeah. restroom, showing all the different ways people aren't supposed to pee in the thing. Like it was showing like different ways, like people were peeing over their 
top of their head. That's you know. that's skill so, right there. So they I were mean, doing this because that was one of the ways that was not shown on the sign. So they're like, oh, we'll just do it this way. <laughs> Jesus, I don't think I would want my hand on the floor. All right, so I, ha- I think uh-uh. I have a solution. I think Ooh. I have a solution. You were asking how women can stand up to be. I have a solution. Oh, I've seen these. Yeah, yeah we, we've got those. this fancy little device that women can like slide right in your pants and you can stand up and go wherever you want. Like that's amazing. It's like a little little penis prosthetic you can just sla- slap Christ. on. Going about you, but that's gonna uh, be the so sad gross. part is somebody made millions off of that oh, little I'm contraption. Sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Matt, I think I want one of these just so it looks like I've got, you know, more girth than. Just kidding. All right, y'all. Well, if you don't have anything else to add tonight, <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap up right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I sure appreciate y'all. If, if y'all want to be a guest on the show, come hang out in the studio, and you're close enough to us, we'll be glad to pull you up a chair, pull you up a microphone. Head on over to unframeofmind.com and uh, let us know what you want to talk about. Or just, you know, hit me up at uh, unframeofmind at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you want to talk about. Um, and uh, until next time, we'll be live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. All right. Peace out. All right. Wow. Was that not the best ideagasm you've ever had? Want to do it again? Go to unframeofmind.com to find more mind-stretching, world-altering podcasts, videos, and articles and get those critical thinking juices flowing.